This is Crew Saunders with A. I'm here with Carol Yarkovsky of Kentico Software. Carol, thank you so much this morning for meeting me and uh, getting a chance to talk through customer experience uh, management and uh, content management systems. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hi, Cruz. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for having me here today. As you mentioned, um, uh, I work for Candigo. Um, I'm actually uh, a director of product at Candigo. We are a global software company and a vendor of Candigo EMS, uh, which is essentially an all-in-one WCM uh, platform, web content management platform with uh, key online marketing and e-commerce features. As far as my background goes, um, it's mostly technical. Um, I guess you're gonna see it from the discussion today um, that I really love technology, um, but uh, past five years um, involved uh, more in the product development and product management than anything else. Um, I have essentially 10 plus years of experience in web development, um, content management, customer success, um, technology consult uh, consulting, and um, I'm, as I said, I'm very passionate about digital. Um, I mean, about digital transformation, about digital strategies, um, how technology influence, um, and in many cases, reinvent the customer experience. Well, that's, that's a, a long history, and we've had uh, a lot of changes over the time uh, in the last decade, especially in content management and customer experience management and the platforms we use for publishing content out to users. Uh, it, it's uh, evolved a lot uh, since uh, Kenico was founded uh, over 12 years ago. Can you speak a little bit to the difference between content management systems and customer experience management? It's one of the top questions we hear. What, what is the difference between content management and customer experience management? Yeah, and uh, I agree with you that that's one question that um, we got uh, a lot as well. I guess there are different um, answers to the questions. Um, so I'm gonna provide the, the way how I look at it. And um, exactly as you said, I remember when I started at Canico um, over 10 years ago or, or um, something uh, close to 10 years ago, um, the content management was mostly about um, creating the content and then publishing it simply uh, with maybe a basic workflow that would just push the content um, to the uh, to the website there wasn't a lot of a lot more about it right um, over those 10 years we get to the point where uh, the content management creating and managing the content itself is not um, enough anymore and instead what you need to do is you need to create the content um, and serve the content that is relevant for uh, the customer, the website visitors. And in order to be able to do that, you really need to engage the uh, insights from other applications like um, analytics, marketing automations, um, and other that will help you to um, uh, personalize the content and make it really relevant for the person looking at the content. I think that when it comes to providing the ultimate customer experience, uh, specifically from perspective of uh, content innovation or technology innovation or uh, the business efficiency, uh, the organization actually need to invest uh, into technology um, and data that help them to deduce uh, what should be the content that needs to be displayed and uh, what should be the 
the next what is the next best um, action or best content for uh, a specific customer so that's that's the difference as i uh, look at it in, in in a nutshell well that makes a lot of sense the 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 customer experience is something that that we're all responsible for now it's almost uh become the 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 job that we that we all have whether we're in marketing or operations uh to deliver customer experience across a lot of different channels and and it's interesting to me that that we're able to do so much more with an understanding of the visitor now and and Kendico is one of the handful of platforms that gives us a deep insight into uh, session data on platform because before to your point you had all of these different uh, silos of analytics and and other software that that's outside of the platform that's delivering the content so you can't easily stitch them together and now there's this opportunity to react to the session with personalized content that's that's pretty remarkable can you talk a little bit about the idea of experience consistency regardless of channel uh, so the, the the customer experience cross channels and how a platform can participate in coordinating those experiences you uh, are spot on about the fact that before there were silos that um, and each silo were represented by different uh, type of application and um, as I mentioned the the information from all those different applications need to come together at some point so um, I think that uh, the one of the uh, big challenges that are ahead of um, any platform, not just, not just Canico, but any other platform that is responsible for uh, providing those uh, personalized customer experiences is how you connect uh, all the data together. And um, I think the, um, that's why we are seeing such a boom in popularity of different customer data management tools that are kind of um, aggregating all the data that then uh, the um, content management system or digital experience uh, systems like Kenego can tap into and can personalize uh, the data, um, uh, can personalize the experience uh, accordingly. Looking at the cross, the experiences that we're managing across various channels, how does customer experience technology and the Kenico platform in particular figure into to managing customer experiences across various channels and silos? I think the, uh, to, to start off um, the answering that question, I think it's, it's important to realize one thing that for me personally was um, quite, um, it took quite a, some time uh, to understand, but it actually was a very enlightening when I figured it out at the end. And, and what I'm trying to, what I'm talking about is the fact that Customers are constantly connected and um, everyone has a smartphone, everyone has laptop, tablet, game console, you got a pocket, con uh, pocket consoles, right? Ebook readers, smartwatches, smart cars, TVs, fridges, you know, you name it. And if myself or you or uh, perhaps the people that are listening to this podcast and other technology savvy persons looks at a, a list of all those devices, 
we see different devices that are simply used by customers to interact with the brand um, online. We see the specific technologies that are running behind each device. Uh, we see um, even technical limitation of each device and subsequently a technology that is used by the particular device. Those are transparent to us. But for the most customers at the end of the day, um, those customers that we are interacting with, they don't know and they don't frankly uh, need to know uh, that there is such a difference, right? So they don't really care how difficult um, it is to optimize experience for a given channel or how tricky it is to keep the consistency among the channels. All they really care about is how the, their experience, uh, whether their experience is appropriate for the given channel. Um, and uh, not only that, but also what uh, that experience uh, with their favorite brand, whether that uh, experience is consistent across all the channels that they're interacting with. So technologies as Canico, um, uh, technology as Canico or any other digital experience technology is really posed with the challenge to accessing and consuming the aggregated uh, context um, or session uh, data, if you will. And, um, you know, if you, if you take a look on uh, the technology that is available, you can see all those uh, context or session brokers uh, popping up all around and um, uh, companies like Oracle, uh, Google, Facebook and others, they slowly uh, getting to the point where they are ready to resell or make the, the data accessible uh, to the masses. So for, for the technologies, it's important what next step um, it's going to take to be able to leverage the data that is available. But it's not only uh, just only about um, accessing the session that is, is shared uh, or is available to everyone. But I think that um, the variable technology is something that um, can enable technology like Candigo to provide really the, the next best um, experience. Um, if you imagine that um, there will be an application that could collect the context data about the per person that is wearing uh, that variable um, and figure out if there have been any um, have been any injuries sustained in a bike crash, for example. Obviously, no one want to get involved in a car, uh, car uh, bike crash, but uh, these things happen. And if the person driving a bike, riding the bike, gets off the road in the middle of nowhere, it's really uh, hard to rely on uh, passive drivers to help you, right? So that's why the uh, information from the variables, the context that they can provide uh, may be uh, very impo important. And the technology can also uh, leverage the information and connect to other technologies. So the organizations can use uh, the uh, experience management uh, platforms to actually um, tap in the information that then can be used to um, provide an automated um, insurance um, insurance claim or damage report, uh, you know, and through the uh, experience platform API connect with uh, the uh, closest repair store and stuff like that. So I think um, I think the, the really the uh, biggest challenge is how to uh, leverage all that, how to connect and leverage all the data that is available and, and how to use it to find that 
uh, next um, best experience. And uh, the thing is that the next big, uh, next best experience cannot be something that uh, can be figured out based on some manually codified uh, set of rules. You have to actually have a technology uh, that is using some kind of machine learning um, that is able to understand that customer context or session that is available and present the right set of um, content or services or products or um, actions to provide that next uh, best uh, experience because you know any uh, single person cannot be expected to build the rules that are necessary to support all the uh, variability granularity um, and multi sort nature of the context um, understanding that is required to present each customer with the best next uh, next experience wow okay there's a lot to unpack in there and um, I, I, I you spoke to some really interesting other topics that I, I think relate to this essentially uh, what I'm hearing about is almost like a services bus across silos that gets unified at the CEM platform and there's all these interaction points that are happening with operational systems because the, the picture you're painting is much more of, of a complete customer experience beyond just the, the marketing funnel. And I think sometimes in customer experience management, a lot of the stakeholders are marketers. And so the, a lot of times the focus is on automating processes through the buying cycle. But there's mm -hmm. all of these sort of um, post-purchase um, uh, processes, which are key customer journeys. And you were describing a couple of those. And they interact with external systems. So, you know, one thing I heard about in your keynote from, uh, the, uh, from a conference uh, last fall is this not, not mobile first, but API first uh, concept where we need we need to design with with web services and with with apis in mind which i think speaks to this idea of the sort of services bus that integrates process across an enterprise can you can you talk a little bit more about your vision for api first and and how that that plays uh for decisions that that our listeners might be making in in their organizations about uh building software and applications and web properties that, that interact with their CEM? How, how do they think about APIs and, and how do you think about APIs? Yeah, so the API first concept is really, is not really that new. I think it's, it's very similar to what's going on with the cloud. You know, we always had um, the uh, servers that you could uh, rent from someone that was managing it for you and you were essentially only utilizing uh, the um, the operation system, the platform that was running there. I think the similar thing is going on with the API first, uh, where the concept of um, building a robust, scalable, and open APIs, which is a very uh, brief uh, description of the API first approach, um, was here a long time. What I think is new about this, uh, and then the reason why I essentially talk about it in the keynote is because I believe that or we believe that with the race of in popularity of 
um, IOTs, so Internet of Things, um, or in general, the increase of all those different connected devices that are um, able to consume the content. Um, I think that's the main reason why, um, as an architect for the enterprise, um, you have to be um, aware of uh, the fact that the mobile screen, the, 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 the uh, smartphone screen is not really an edge interface anymore. And there are uh, hundreds of different devices uh, using tens of different interfaces that going to, at the end of the day, consume uh, the content. And um, you will have to optimize the experience um, uh, for all uh, for those different devices um, and you don't want to have replicated content so you will have to uh, share the same content so you have to have that essentially if we will go we would go on the very uh, low level um, the content repository that contains the content has to provide an interface universal enough that universal and robust and scalable of course enough to be able to serve all those different devices and so essentially the uh, the mobile first what i'm saying is that mobile first was born at the time when the industry um, realized that everything is headed to mobile so moving from the desktops to mobile devices and we uh, we got to that point almost two years ago but in the two years in in line with what you mentioned at the beginning with all that progress we got to the point where we really uh, need to think beyond mobile. And so that's, that's why um, uh, the mobile first strategies, I believe being slowly rendered obsolete and the API first um, is uh, taking over. Another point um, of view is that uh, through the latest, um, uh, through the latest uh, front end development technology. So if you think about it, if you, if you, keep an eye on all the technologies front-end frameworks that are coming out that makes um, you know that makes performance optimization easier that makes developers more efficient optimizing the content uh, presentation uh, for specific device that gives developers tools that enable them to create a better experience for their customers you will notice that there is a new and better technology um, front-end technology in particular available every couple months and so if you think about it if you would create um, your customer experience based on uh, a coupled API meaning that the, the business logic would be tightly connected with the presentation if you were to improve your customer experience it would take a lot of effort it would take a lot of development time um, a lot of resources um, and, and so on. So that's why APIs, especially decoupled APIs that are at the very core of API first approach where business logic is completely separate and isolated from presentation logic are becoming so popular and increasingly important. And, and um, as a vendor, our focus has to be on the core API that allows to manipulate uh, the data while digital agencies or organizations can use essentially any front-end framework uh, to build a content presentation and then maintain it and replace it with a better framework uh, that will provide uh, a better customer experience uh, down the road.
Terrific. Uh, well, th with all of these APIs moving data back and forth, like you said, there's there's this there's a lot of data being aggregated, and there's almost this this uh, requirement long term for for machine learning and other forms of artificial intelligence to get involved. Can you talk a little bit about your uh, vision for how machine learning and how cognitive computing starts to interact with customer experience management platforms over time? Sure, sure. So be before I actually answer that question, I, I'm a, a huge fan of um, Tim Urban. And um, if you don't know his, his uh, blog, I strongly recommend to go to uh, Wait but why.com it's uh, actually yeah. uh, it's it's incredible reading i love it it's uh, it's sometimes it's slightly difficult um um to uh, grasp all the all the uh, concept that uh team is presenting but it's very very visionary it's um and visionary but also very realistic because um it's it's happening and cognitive computing and ai uh, ai um is not impacting only customer experience but it's expect uh, impacting every aspect of our life right and to your point to your question um we actually already see a real world uses of cognitive computing um, that are having a very concrete impact on uh, customer experience. And uh, there are, there are um, several examples uh, of its use in advanced, advancing personalization, um, customer service, um, or customer engagement platforms um, in general. And you can find cognitive computing, for example, in action um, that is comparing uh, a personal medical data of a patient um, as they're leaving hospital and then um, to the data that are collected over the time um, from uh, using the variable devices. Um, and based on the results of comparison, um, the doctor is automatically notified if the condition is changing or if there, there are any other, uh, any symptoms of um, coming health problems. Or um, you can have cognitive personalization engine that recommends you custom spice flavorings is actually something that um, I tried when I um, lived in the US where you basically share the information about yourself and uh, based on the information that you share the machine learning algorithm that is searching uh, the data um, looking for the patterns it's recommending the um, custom flavorings uh, for you but I specifically um, recall a study from Accenture um, that was talking about the customers really getting increasingly frustrated with the quality of the service uh, they were receiving where, uh, while they were interacting with the organizations. And that surveys found that I believe 91%, over 90% of customers um, have to contact the company multiple times. 90% uh, um, of those um, are put on hold for too long. Um, Eighty-something percent are forced to repeat their issues to multiple agents as they are transferred. Right. Uh, my recent experience with uh, with one of the airline carriers, for example, um, and that's why I believe that the biggest potential for cognitive computing to impact customer experience is actually customer uh, services. Um, of course, there are applications of 
um, cognitive computing and AI and machine learning in even uh, content production or content altering, um, content nurturing um, um, processes, right? Um, also, um, probably the, the easiest application or the most uh, widespread application of the machine learning is in uh, marketing automation and uh, predictive analytics. Uh, those are all areas that are already leveraging uh, the uh, machine learning. And I think that for just two examples, um, um, I will get to the, to the customer service um, example uh, one in a minute. Uh, before that, just, just um, an idea how uh, really a simple machine learning um, can help uh, improve um, the efficiency of uh, users so it's customer experience but from the marketer perspective while uh, creating the the strategies uh, i'm pretty sure that um, you can you would agree that one of the biggest challenges with the digital marketing these days is that a lot of companies lack a, a comprehensive digital strategy most of them are are at the uh, early stages putting together the digital strategy so if you have a tool that can provide an, a smart personal assistant that can help you uh, to start off with your digital strategy, and then um, as you move through the uh, stages in the uh, strategy, um, as you execute in the strategy and you move forward, um, it will provide you some uh, hints, some recommendations, some, um, some information on what the next uh, what the next activity um, on the marketing side should be, that would be um, uh, that would help tremendously, especially organizations that are uh, smaller, that are not so mature uh, from the digital perspective. That could be a huge, huge help. Um, the other example, and the one that is actually, I would say, the first real uh, use of AI or cognitive computing in customer service is just, um, it's something that was re uh, released just recently. It's the product, it's called Satisfaction Prediction uh, by Zendesk. Um, one of my favorite startups um, actually, because these guys are very, um, uh, very approachable and they are sharing their experience a lot, very transparent. And what they did is they used a machine learning algorithms uh, searching through the patterns of ticket histories. So Sendesk is essentially um, a, a CRM that can, uh, and, and service desk in one, uh, blended in one. And so um, as an agent, when you are uh, answering a ticket, when you have a, a, a ticket open and you going through the conversation with the customer via an email, there is an indicator a satisfaction, satisfaction prediction indicator that is telling you how likely um, the customer is going to be happy about the outcome of the ticket resolution. If you think about it, it's all about sentiment analysis. So I think that uh, the next big thing, big um, application that is going to be prob uh, probably uh, a widespread is going to be uh, sentiment analysis and predicting what what is the what is the mood of the person you're dealing with um because that can tell you a lot about how you should approach that person and and stuff like that right so 
I would I would just wrap up with uh, one one more thing that you know no matter what application of cognitive computing or AI um, you can think of and you can you will come across um, it always boils down to I, I would say three main basic elements um, of the co uh, cognitive computing that could be applied um, to different a variety of problems. And that's those three main elements are uh, uh, data, big data, uh, machine learning, and uh, natural language uh, recognition or natural language processing and sentiment um, analysis. I think that using those three components um, and kind of looking at, okay, how can I apply these components to uh, whatever my organization is doing, whatever the industry I mean um, is doing, I I can find a very useful and very realistic application of the mesh uh, cognitive computing and AI in general. Beautiful, yeah, that that is a very clear vision, and uh, and and it's a good one to hear. We're we're in the cognitive era already, and I, I think that a lot of marketers especially, but really decision makers within uh, the digital ecosystem in general are all somewhat confused about how to interact with uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, you know, and I think as, as AI and machine learning gets baked into the platforms, um, we, we will, will make it easier for, uh, uh, for all of the the marketing decision makers, especially to be able to, for example, deploy sentiment analysis if they can uh, turn on that as a module in the platform. Do you ever see that happening in the in the Kenico uh, roadmap? Uh, sort of machine learning uh, built in, built on platform. Absolutely, absolutely. I um, I think that um, there is no other way, honestly, um, because you know the with you think about it with increasing amount of data that we have to deal with, right? Or um, the marketers um, specifically have to deal with uh, the more customers that they need to service because everybody gets connected and everybody wants to interact uh, with the brand. Um, there is no other way for uh, the marketers than just um, get machines to help them um, to um, process all that, all those requests, all those inquiries, and um, help them um, really provide the the best experiences uh, experiences possible. So, um, as far as the roadmap goes, we are really uh, looking at including machine learning um, in one of our products um, fairly soon, um, and um, it's I'm pretty sure it's not gonna just gonna stay. Um, it's not gonna stay just uh, with the marketing suit. Uh, but we would like to see machine learning, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, being a part of content uh, production process um, as well. And so we are currently um, doing a research on how, what, what applications uh, we could, would have the biggest benefit, provide the biggest value to the content authors, the content editors. Wonderful. You know, I could, uh, I, I have at least another 10 minutes worth of questions, but I know we need to wrap up. I mean, we've, I, there's uh, the, the internet of things and the semantic web uh, and, and really 
the, your approach towards strategy, all of those things are very interesting, but we'll have to uh, wait for, uh, for another chance for us to talk. But, uh, but in order to wrap up our, our conversation today, I wanted to uh, ask you a little bit about uh, your, your general vision for where Kendico is headed uh, next um, as, as one of the very few platforms in the entire world that manages user session data along with uh, content and uh, is able to uh, deliver customer experiences across lots and lots of uh, channels and react to them in real time with, with personalization without a lot of custom hacking, but just using the, the features already available on the platform. That's a very powerful position for Kenico to be in. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on, uh, on the next year, two, three, uh, for Kenico, where it's headed broadly, and uh, and and what you'd like to uh, to to see the, become part of the the experience for marketers uh, on the Kenico platform, as much as you can you can share with our audience uh, about that direction, because I know you drive it. Let's uh, let's end with that. I think that uh, we um, one thing that um, is very exciting but at the same time very challenging for um, any product management uh, product management person I guess uh, no matter what industry or organization uh, that person is part of is um, really the dynamically changing conditions in the market so um, you can envision yourself doing certain thing three four five years or two three four four years ahead but um, you know the conditions in the market are changing so drastically, so fast, um, especially with all those technologies uh, popping up that um, it's really uh, impossible to predict on the uh, the higher level feature level uh, what should or what will be um, involved um, in a product. But exactly as you said, there is a high level vision that um, every every product uh, should have and really for us it is uh, about um, about providing um, developers and marketers with experiences that are uh, natural for them that are in line with the way how they are um, uh, used to work they are in line with their way of work um, and there they are um, experiences that allow to uh, them to achieve uh, their goals faster, uh, faster, and and whether they whether that means employing more artificial intelligence or cognitive computing um, um, for content production and uh, marketing automation or predictive analytics, the, all those technologies, all those things that we've been talking about, or whether it means um, anything else, um, it depends, and it will uh, we will see over the time, but. What I think is absolutely crucial, not only for Canico, but for any organization that is, um, you know, want to sustain the uh, digital uh, disruption revolution um, that we're going through is uh, innovation of products, of services, um, and even business models, um, because that's the only way uh, to succeed. And that's exactly the reason why uh, at the beginning of the last year, uh, we have started a concept of internal startups. Um, it's an innovation program 
that um, is actually pretty amazing and um, I, I believe still fairly unique um, comparing to other organizations and uh, other vendors and what they do um, because we essentially form a group of people uh, mostly from existing uh, Candigo employees and we create this whole called internal startup and these people then um, using and applying principles of lean startup explore problems and needs of the customers in the market they're looking for opportunities uh, that we could turn into new products and and that's how we actually uh, created our newest software as a service product called Canticle Draft that helps with uh, the uh, content production stage before the uh, the organization make a pick uh, about the solu uh, content management solution um, or content experience management platform uh, they want to use so we have currently two more groups that are looking for problems and needs uh, that are related to content delivery and publishing and digital experience management so uh, we are expecting to find those major uh, major opportunities um, and hopefully will cause a disruption um, in the industry uh, with those so all together basically what we talk about today all those um, all those topics uh, plus um, whatever we'll be able to find uh, using lean principles and and investigating uh, the market more is what's going to form the future candigo product line wonderful agility and responsiveness and the ability to in real time engage with the market seems to be a competitive uh, requirement nowadays and, and it's great to hear the the way that that's expressing itself at Keneco with uh, with these internal teams there's so much innovation uh, happening at such a at such a fast uh, pace for for everybody uh, that model makes a lot of sense and hopefully our listeners will uh, reflect on on their own organizational approaches and how uh, innovation is managed and look for for ways to uh, to increase that that pace of change inside of their own organizations as we move towards a more cognitive and intelligent world. Um, thank you so much. Carol, is there anything you'd like to uh, leave our listeners with in terms of uh, contact information or, or follow-up, uh, how to follow you and your work, or anything like that that would be, uh, would be a good coda any, at the end here? Anything you'd like to uh, leave with our listeners? Uh, to, to follow up on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would actually uh, love to uh, love to hear from anyone um, that uh, has their own experience, uh, their uh, opinions and suggestions and um, stuff like that on uh, what we discussed about and uh, and anything else that Kendico is doing. So if you if you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Kendico underscore K A R O L J. Um, that will be appreciated, or you can follow the work that Kendico is doing at uh, at Kendico um, tweet handle. Terrific, Carol. Thank you so much for your time. I, I know you've got an incredibly busy schedule managing a giant team of uh, of really talented developers there at Kendico. We appreciate your vision and uh, sharing that with our audience. Have a wonderful rest of the week, and thank you to everybody else who's come to listen to my conversation with Carol Jarkowski at Kentico. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, everybody.